Well, let's read our scriptures from Mark 10, 27 to 30, from the Amplified Classic. Let's go. Jesus glanced around at them and said, With men, it's impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Pause them. I want you to get this today. I really want you to get this today. With God, all things. All things are possible. I don't know what you're facing, but I'm here to tell you with God, all things are possible. Let's continue. Peter started to say to him, Behold, we have yielded up and abandoned everything once and for all and joined you as your disciples, siding with your party and accompanied you, walking the same road that you walk. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has given up and left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospels who will not receive a hundred times as much now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution in the age to come, eternal life. Let's read it from Luke, 8 to, Luke 18, 29 to 30. Let's just look at the, just the difference there. Let's go. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and with eternal life in the world to come. Last week, we had an amazing, an amazing word from Pastor Fighter. Woo! And he began uh, a series for us, you know, rewards of returning. And I'm going to continue from that today because he told you his parting short words, come back this Sunday and we'll tell you about the rewards. And everyone, some people in my circle came and told us, we are waiting to hear what these rewards are. And I just want to begin by sharing something, you know, George was talking about this church being 37 years old this year. And uh, I've been in it 25 now of those 37. I know I look 26. Thank you. Just slightly older than George. Just slightly. It's the devil's George for me. That just makes me elevated more than you. Uh, but it's been wonderful, you know, being part of the family of God, but mostly being a believer. I was raised as a, you know, a youngin in the house of God. My parents have been believers more than my life. My dad is now celebrating 46 years of salvation. My mom was way older than that because how she got saved immediately, she got born. She has always been saved. True story. She's always been saved. She's the only one who can testify. She's not done anything the rest of us have done. As we could share with our my dad, all those, those days of, you know, uh, you know, dad, I did this. Even me, I did this. Mom had nothing to offer. Uh, she was laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, speaking in tongues. She was the first one in her village to speak in tongues. So you can imagine what an outcast she was. Eh? Everyone did not like her. They felt she was very weird. Her own dad wanted to disown her because of speaking in tongues. And uh, at that time, that wasn't allowed. It wasn't allowed to manifest that way. But things have changed ever since. <laughs> Glory to God. But yes, so I was raised in the house of God. Raised knowing the things of God. And not just knowing them, experiencing them. I experienced God's goodness all my life. You know how that song says, all my life you have been faithful. I am that child. All our lives. Even when I went south, he was still faithful. 
I was stuck somewhere one day, losing my mind because of smoking something that I won't mention. But we all know, I see culprits here. I see you, I see you exactly knowing what I'm talking about. I don't need to say it, but you know what I'm talking about. And I was losing my mind. And I was like, ah, yeah, this is how it goes. This is how you lose your mind. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, for those of you who have done that, you know, and have been students of that in one time of your life or another, uh, you know, when you think, you think you think that you're saying what you think you're saying, and everyone is telling you back, you're not saying what you think you're saying. And you start panicking and you're like, dear Lord, and I remember that moment, remembering my prayers. And I was like, the Lord is the deliverer. I stood there gazing at the road and lost in my mind. And I said, Jesus, if you deliver me, you know those prayers. If you get me out of this one, I will never, ever, in a vows, <laughs> get back to this thing again. Because now they had gone overboard. So God has been faithful. And I'm telling you, God delivered me. By the time I got home, I was in my right mind. I was speaking what I was thinking. I even assured my brother, am I saying what I'm thinking? He said, you're back. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I am back. So all my life, God has been faithful. When we're talking about returning to rewards, I just want to tell you, God is a faithful God. The things that I have experienced as a believer are overwhelming. Sometimes I sit and I wonder, why do I doubt? Why am I in this place fearing, thinking like God won't come through for me now as if he's failed me before? As if he's let me down. I look at how God has blessed me with a wonderful wife. We've celebrated 13 years. We are teenagers, finally. So be praying for us. You know those teenage years. Just be praying for us. <laughs> We're finally teenagers. 13 years. Our daughter firstborn turns 10. And I'm like, you're 10. Oh my goodness. Going 18. The way she speaks to me. You think she's 18 already. And I'm just like, God has been so faithful. I look around at what God has given us. When we started out with my wife, we had nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. We couldn't invite anyone to our house. We didn't have seats. We didn't have a carpet. We had only one bed. And then I'm Tungi that didn't have gas. We thought my mother bought it with gas, but she forgot to put gas in it. So we come from honeymoon ready to cook. We don't have gas. We look at the drawers. We don't have spoons. We don't even have a knife. Then I remember during my bachelor party, someone gave me a knife at a random way, and I was like, wait, I have a knife. But it was blunt. I had to go look for someone to sharpen it so we can cut some meat and then go look for Mtungi. We started with nothing. Our house was empty. Empty, empty. You talk and you hear echoes everywhere. We didn't have to be in the same room. We could hear each other clearly. Clearly. Started with nothing. Now I look at my home and we have too much. Now we are giving away. You're like, now it's too much, oh. It's just too much. Too much, oh. God has been faithful. And today I want to tell you with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. What is clear in scripture is that we have nothing to lose for doing what God is asking us to do. Nothing to lose. And secondly, we have a rewarder who loves to reward his people. 
He loves to do so. The Bible tells us that I, the Lord, search minds and test hearts. I will reward each person for what he has done. I will reward him for the results of his actions. Yes, we know that the primary focus is the rewarder. But he has obligated himself to reward us for doing what he wants us. As we had last week. That he is the rewarder to those who diligently seek him out. So last week we learned that that word reward means something given or received in return. Recompense for service, merit, hardship. A reward is something you get for a job well done. And the Bible meaning in both Hebrew and Greek was wages. So if God loves to reward us for doing what he wants, shouldn't we strive to do everything he wants us to do? If he loves to do it, shouldn't you strive at least to do what he wants you to do? Our returning is not in vain. We had last week that when we return to repentance, we gain what? Confidence. We also gain boldness. We gain clarity according to Hebrews 10.3. When we return to reading, to seek, to investigate diligently, we get grounded. I'm telling you this year, we're going to be grounded. We are going to be grounded believers. That's the reward we are going to receive. We're going to be grounded. We're not tossed to and fro, fro with all manners of doctrines and all manner of things that are going on and you know about it. We will read. Only those who haven't read will panic when the test comes. When you don't know what the Bible says, yes, you panic. You panic. And some of us need to go back to reading the word because the word has things to just settle you. To just ground you. To stabilize you and tell you, relax. There is nothing new under the sun. I just finished yesterday reading the whole of Ecclesiastes. Sometimes it gets dark, you know, when you read it. Eh? You know, you come from Proverbs to Ecclesiastes. Proverbs is all, all the wonderful things. If you do wisdom, if you do this, all these wonderful things will happen to you. Then you go to Ecclesiastes, same guy. And it's just their vanity of vanities. Chasing after the wind. It's all useless. And you're looking at him and like, okay, brother, Abu, go back to Proverbs and tell us. Join the two. But I was so encouraged because even within the text of Ecclesiastes, there is hope because he keeps speaking about this joy, this joy, this joy, this joy that is found, this joy that he has found, this joy, even though it's vanity, there is still some joy that he has found. So when you read what test comes, you are settled. Know the answer before even the question comes. Before even the test comes, know the answer. You don't have to spend so much time asking God, please reveal your will. It's just in the word. Read it. You want to know what God wants? Read his book. It's just simple. So many of you are trying to figure out what the will of God for your life is, for your business is, for your marriage is, for your children is. Read the book. Read it. It tells you when you return. I'm telling you, it's going to help you. And then when we return to refuge, we are safe, we are refreshed, trained, and we are restored. So the key is to keep returning and not stopping. The key is that the reward is the wages paid for what we have been doing. God is going to pay you back. It's not in vain. You're not losing out. There is no reward for occasional work. It comes from consistency. I had a friend of mine who was going through some trying times in his life. And Buddy had reached the end of himself. And he was like, man, I will do anything. Anything. I remember being in that stage. I will do anything. 
So a friend of his told us, hey, see we go. There's a mjengo happening and they are hiring. He was like, okay, now me, I've just said I'll do anything. He goes to this mjengo. The first thing he's given, this guy is, was skinny. I mean, skinny, skinny. I don't want to speak too much because even me, I was skinny, skinny. And buddy, he was put a whole whatever of cement. And he was told, Pandaju. Manze, first floor, he died. Just first floor. Manze, he's struggling. And guys are going up and down like it's Manze. Some of them even have put three on their shoulders. Going up and down. Him won. The first floor was there. He went one round. He quit. Went and told the, the contractor, well, me, I can't do this. So you give me something. At least I took one back. The guy looked at him and said, you have not worked. You have not worked. There is nothing to be paid because you have not worked. He was like, Manze, at least I took one. He was given 20 bob and told, go home. Manze, he went and bought a soda and just walked home, just devastated. Things don't, you don't, you don't get paid for occasional work. It has to be consistent. Think about going to the gym. You can't be faithful for a month and say, I'm not seeing results. Mm. There's keys, keep going. But even if you do get muscles and a six pack, if you don't maintain, you lose it. I am testament. True story. Don't look too hard. That's why I wear half three pieces. And it's in black. Eh? It's hiding a multitude of sin. But I remember those are times, seriously, most of you don't know this. Those are times in my life I was wanting to train to be Mr. Kenya. And that's in bodybuilding. So I was going hard at it. I was eating seven meals a day, 6,000 calories a day, trying to bulk up, trying to get strong and muscular. Man, I was doing, my wife, for the first three years of her marriage, was all cooking. She'll tell you. That's all she did, was cook. The moment she finished cooking, she says, okay, uh, this will last you for a week. I have done it in a day. Eaten it. Do you know how many 6,000 calories are? Normal human being does 1,500. Only. 6,000 is how many human beings? I'm eating for all those human beings, trying to bulk up. So I had the look, man, the body. But buddy, I stopped. And my son nowadays says, Papa, go back to the gym. I miss your muscles. <laughs> Tell him, what do you mean? They're still there. There's still some formation there. There's, they sell, yes. <laughs> And just, just look hard, look hard enough. And then I'm there trying to tell him, let's arm wrestle, let's arm wrestle. I mean, he's nine and I'm, I'm wrestling a child. But if you don't maintain it, you lose it. It doesn't work that you suddenly start living a healthy life because you got sick and expect things to change immediately. You must live healthy consistently to reap the benefits of good health. I also believe strongly that God uses the reward to help us stay in the the course. He uses the reward to help us stay the course. Otherwise, you'll give up so easily. Paul said, and I do this for the sake of the good news, the gospel, in order that I may become a, part, a participator in it and share in its blessing along with you. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temporarily and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. We have to stay the course. 
to receive the reward. That ultimate reward of eternal blessings. Remember, Jesus is coming back. And the Bible says he's coming with rewards in his hands to give those who did according to what he had asked. That's what Jesus said. So from our key verse, we see Jesus assuring his disciples that there is a reward to be given for their sacrifice. Not just in eternity. And I want you to hear me. But in this present age. We saw this a bit last week. And can I say, I know as believers, sometimes we over-spiritualize things. And sometimes you can feel guilty for wanting what God is telling you he's going to give if you do the things he's telling you to do. You feel guilty. You feel like, man, I shouldn't receive this. I should just be doing it for the sake of the gospel and for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Just take it all. Take it all, Jesus. I give my life. And I know sometimes we can get to that point, and yes, that is good. But I just want to assure you, this is God's system that he set up. That if you do what I tell you to do, I will reward you. So you can stand assured and tell him, you told me if I did this, you'll do. Why do we claim Malachi 3.10? Why do we claim it? Some of you are like, what does Malachi 3.10 say? Bring all your tithe into the stores. There might be food enough in my temple. If you do, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Pour out a blessing so great, you don't have room enough to take it. Try me. So do you know what I do after I've paid my tithe? I look up. Mm -hmm. Windows open. Rain start pouring. I have enough space. You know how you create space? You give away the things that you had last month so that you can create space this month. That's how you create space. Some of you already, your house is full and you're asking for more. Mm. Create space. My wife and I yesterday created space. We took stuff out of our wardrobe so that we can make room for more. That's how you do it. So in other words... Peter is looking at him and he's saying, I've given everything. What do I get in return? Number one, God. We can't, I can't press this more. I know Pastor Fighter shared so well about the reward being God. But I have to say it again, God. God is our ultimate reward. He's our ultimate reward. But let me put some context into this scripture that we read today. It comes from the story of the rich young ruler who wanted to inherit the kingdom of God. He wanted to see if he could do more than he was doing to gain the kingdom. And he genuinely, genuinely had the right heart seeking, asking, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus looked at him, the Bible says, loved him. I love this scripture. He looked at him. He wasn't taken aback by his question. He looked at him and loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come, follow me. The rich young ruler didn't, did, did not perceive that the one asking him to sell off everything was everything himself. He didn't perceive it. That the one asking him to sell off everything was everything himself. The one asking us to return is everything. He's everything to us. Whatever the Lord is asking you to do, 
Go do it. Whatever he's telling you to return to, return to it. Pastor Fighter reminded us that God is both the reward and the rewarder. He also said, Abraham was told, I am your exceedingly great reward. We cannot lose sight of this. God is our reward. He's our everything. He really is. He really is. When you get him, you get it all. Paul declaring to the Philippians, he says, Furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and considered it all to be mere rubbish, refuse, dregs in order that I may win, gain Christ, the anointed one. In comparison, Paul is revealing to us that everything is a loss in comparison to Jesus. Clearly, the rich man had attached great value to what he had gained throughout the years. Now hear me today. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed. There's nothing wrong with wanting that Range Rover. Some of you, man, you wait. You wait. You wait. It cometh. I keep waving. Have you ever desired something and all week, that's all you see? <laughs> it's almost like the Lord is taunting you. <laughs> you just keep seeing them all over. You're like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? There's nothing wrong. I'm telling you, God wants to bless you. He does. He says, seek first the kingdom and all these things. The Bible says prior to that, he says, he knows you have need of these things. God knows you have need of these things. He's not tricking us. This is not tricks. But when you elevate things over him, that's when they start becoming a problem. When we begin to have attachment issues, and we cannot detach ourselves from those things when asked to give, asked to release, asked to let go. That's when we start having issues. The invitation was being given to this man, which was the greatest privilege anyone could be given to be a follower of Christ. Most theologians believe he was being invited to the 12. Because Jesus already knew about Judas. Remember when in Acts 2, when they start saying, let's look for a disciple who can take over. He said, it needs to be a disciple who has been with us and has observed everything we've observed. Most theologians believe that would have been the rich young man that would have been picked. That was the invitation he was being given to be one of the 12. And think about the reward of the 12. What does the Bible say about the reward of the 12? They shall sit in the table with the 12 seats. Together with Christ. That's what the scripture said. That's what he was being given. An opportunity to. To be with Jesus. Jesus is the greatest reward we can receive. Nothing else compares to him. Being with him. Walking with him. Talking with him. Obeying him. He's the ultimate reward for us believers. Think about what was stolen. By Adam, from Adam and Eve. Think about what was stolen from Adam and Eve. It wasn't just that they were kicked out of Eden. It was the fellowship. Because the first thing they did when they sinned, they hid from God. Secondly, what do we receive when we return to reward a hundredfold? It's a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Hundredfold represents multiplication 
of whatever it is that is being given. Luke's account says, repaid many times over. You're being repaid many times over. In this year of breakthroughs extended, expect God to do more than you could imagine he would do. It's an over and above year of breakthroughs. God did not extend this year for no reason. God wanted to do more than he did last year. Some of you are staying content. Some of you have given in and have given up. And I'm telling you, this year expect way much more than what you're believing God for. Way much more. My prayers nowadays is, God, I need this and more. That's how I pray. I say, God, I need this, but even do more. I am not limiting you to my request. I am opening it up and saying, yes, this is what I want. And I would be well pleased by it, but do more. It's a hundredfold of the best of the best that God has to give. What we want for ourselves is nothing in comparison to what God wants for us. God knows we have need of these things. He knows. So God is about to bless you. So what are you still holding on to that will keep you from the rewards that Christ has for you? What are you not repenting of? What is keeping you from making the word the standard of your lifestyle this year? What is stopping you from staying in that place of refuge? The rich young ruler valued what was less and gave up on what was far more valuable. But Peter boldly asked, what am I getting for everything? And Jesus told him, a hundredfold. A hundredfold is awaiting you in this age. It's awaiting you in this age. You need to take hold of it and say, there's a hundredfold blessing waiting for me because I'm doing what God has for me. But I have to tell you, because I have to finish that scripture. It comes with a hundredfold persecution. Do, do, do. A hundredfold persecution. Whatever God is dealing with us to give up and sell off, it's going to come with some persecution. Yes, following Christ will cost you, but he will make it up to you. What he has is much superior to what you have. That persecution, that persecution, I'm telling you, when we stay in the word, when we stay in repentance, when we stay in the refuge, by staying in that place God has for us, we will stand, be attached, be ready, have the health to sustain ourselves through it all. Stay attached. Stay attached to what God has called us to return to because persecution is coming. If it hasn't reached you, it's coming. But for you who has stayed where God has told you to stay, those things that are being shaken, that can be shaken will be removed. But those things that will remain, will remain. Lastly, and I finish. Blessings upon blessings. And this is how we're going to finish. We're going to finish with a scripture. Because they are tangible blessings. When I was preparing, I told the Lord, I didn't want to come here and hype you up for nothing. I didn't want to come and tell you something that is not a reality in God's book. It's a reality. And I started by sharing, God has been so good to me. He's been overwhelmingly good. God has blessed me with blessings upon blessing. I don't have just one child. I have four. I'm telling you, blessings upon blessings. God has been good. Our house is blessed. It really is. We need more blessings, but it's blessed already. It really is. The things that God does for us is blessing upon blessing. And the scriptures speak of it. And this is how we're going to finish our time together. And this is from Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14. And it's quite lengthy, but I want you to read it. But I want you to read it with 
thinking about what God is saying. It says, if you listen diligently, let's go, to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all His commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your beast, the increase of your cattle and your young and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you be your baskets and your kneading trough. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse and in all that you undertake and all and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name and in the presence of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you, and the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, and of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open to you his good treasures, the heavens to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and you shall not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day and are watchful to do them. And you shall not turn aside from any one of words, which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left to go after the other gods to serve them. That's the blessing upon blessing upon blessing that the Lord promises you. Our loyalty to God will produce blessings upon blessings. Loyalty rewards. Loyalty rewards. Think about it. Think about it. How committed you are to stores that give you rewards of being loyal to them. You stay in that one store because of what comes with it. But I want you to take note of this. The blessing comes when we heed. 14 verses of blessings. But can I tell you how many curses of disobedience? 53. God is so committed to bless you that he made the consequences of not doing what he asked you far greater because all he wants to do is be good to you. All he wants to do is bless you, increase you, raise you, touch you, heal you. Command blessings upon blessings. So he made the consequences far greater than just the requests and the commandments of doing what he asked you to do. Do you receive that? There is so much that God has in store for us in 2024. 
so much. I'm telling you, church, you have no idea the things that God has planned for you. The rewards are overwhelming. Let's stay the course. Let's stay the course. Let's not give up. Let's not give in. Let's not turn back to the old ways. Let's not turn back to things that God has already gotten us out of. Let's stay in that place that we have returned to. Let's stay repentance. Let's stay sensitive to the things of God. Let's stay in the word. Let's stay in that place of refuge. Let us not detach ourselves from the things that God wants us to attach ourselves to. I'm telling you, there's a great reward for you. Father, thank you for your people today. Thank you that you are the reward and the rewarder. Thank you that you are the one who set up this system for us today. Thank you that as we heed to all that you've commanded us to do, that Father Lord, you're going to rain upon us in ways we cannot even begin to imagine. I pray that even today, you are opening up the heavens and you are pouring out rewards upon rewards. As we had, it's our wages for doing what we have done. But I'm praying specifically that we are consistent this year. That this year, we are not those that draw back, but we are those that move forward. We are moving forward with you today. We are moving forward. Wherever you go, I'm going. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing. Whatever you're connected to, I'm connected to. Whatever you want, I'm giving. Whatever you ask, I'm there. Lord, this year I'm purposing to stay with you. I'm purposing to follow you wholeheartedly. Giving up everything else because I understand that you are everything to us. Thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name. Can we appreciate the Lord? Uh -uh, can we really, really appreciate the Lord? I'm telling you, much is coming. Much is coming. Just hold on. Looking forward to next Sunday as we finish off this series. God bless you.